0: Discover the magic of integrating your financial, legal, and life planning. It's time for Smart, Simple Wealth. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Smart, Simple Wealth. Great show on the way today. Should you follow these rules of thumb when it comes to your retirement planning? That'll be our topic of conversation today. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Carrie Qureshi, estate and wealth planning attorney at Qureshi Law & Wealth, serving you throughout Arkansas, Tennessee, and Texas. You can find Kerry online at QureshiLaw.com or check the description of today's show if you are not very good at spelling. And uh, can't quite figure out the whole Qureshi part of that. That's the beauty of podcasting. We can put links to things, Carrie, so people can go check that stuff out. Uh, it is great to be with you once again this month. Uh, how you been?
1: Absolutely. Oh, I've 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 been well. How have you been?
0: Yeah, pretty good. Just um, I I was sharing with Carrie before we started the show today. We, uh, uh, my wife and I, are moving, so we've just gone through that whole journey, Carrie, of getting the house ready, getting it listed and sold, and everything timed out pretty effectively and well uh, for us. But I got injured on the last day of moving, so then the first week of moving out of the house was more of just like recovering. So you know. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely hiring people in the future to help move the big stuff. I just, I just, I'm, I'm too old to keep doing that stuff on my own, I think.
1: Yeah. I saw something the other day, like if you're over 35, you know, and you're getting ready to move, like don't invite your friends because they're not going to work for, for beer and pizza anymore. Like we're, yeah, we're too old yeah. to do that.
0: And you're going to injure yourself if you do it yourself. Well, what's really funny is I turned 35 about six days before the closing on the house. See? So
1: there you
0: go. <laughs> so there you go. That's, uh, I just, if I, if we'd moved a week earlier, I would have probably not gotten injured but I passed that 35 threshold and boom. Uh, well, luckily, to do a podcast, I just have to sit here, sit back, and let you give us all sorts of great information and uh, conversation. And like I said, Carrie, we've got a good show today because we're going to talk about retirement rules of thumb. We've also got a question on the docket today from Doris, who is a conservative investor and so has some questions about uh, her approach to retirement and wondering if she's doing things the right way. But before we get to all of that, a little inspiration to get us started today. Our quote of the month comes to us from Phyllis Diller, and Phyllis said, I want Want my children to have all the things I couldn't afford, then I want to move in with them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, great there retirement you go. plan, right? Yeah, we kept t- telling our kid he wants to be a YouTube, you know, star. So sure, we're like, yeah, that's the thing these days, that, you know? right? And it's not a TV yeah. star
0: or a sports broadcaster, but just a YouTube sensation.
1: Yeah, it seems to be very popular with with kids that age.
0: Yeah, that's too funny, and uh, so that that's going to be their their plan. So if you uh, move in with a kid, uh, you're going to have to kind of like. Um, you know, you're gonna have to deal with all the what video cameras and creator studios that he's creating something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so he, he has a little ways to go, though. He likes playing the games, but he's not so much for creating content. So
0: gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so that, that's, a, that's an important piece of the puzzle, right? It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he needs to come and uh, sit in and watch mom create content and do some uh, do some podcasting at some point. <laughs> yeah, might, might be a good way to learn. All right, well, let's dive into the meat and potatoes today. You've most likely, if you're listening to today's show, it means you're somewhat plugged into the retirement planning world and you're thinking about it a little bit. You've probably heard plenty of these rules that we're going to cover on today's show that supposedly help you retire successfully. I mean, that's why we would want to follow a rule of thumb, right? Um, And some of these rules are stated so confidently, it seems like you'd be crazy not to immediately accept them as fact. But, you know, on this show, Carrie, we don't mind the threat of being called crazy. So we're going to dive into some of these most popular retirement rules of thumb to see if they truly lead us down a good path to good financial guidance or if they run a chance of maybe leading us astray. So let's kick it off with one I'm sure our listeners have probably heard of, the Rule of 100. It's pretty widespread in terms of knowledge, I think, across the financial world. But give us the skinny on the Rule of 100 and your thoughts on that Rule of Thumb.
1: Sure. And so the, the rule of 100 is probably the, the, the most common you know, rule of thumb that we're, we're talking about today. And basically you take 100, the number 100, and you minus your age, and that's the amount of risk or stocks that you should own at that particular age. And so this is a general guideline and really it's just encouraging investors to blend the retirement portfolio between both stocks and bonds and, and stocks are, are the risk exposure and bonds are the more conservative approach and so that idea is that you know the stocks are going to produce returns and be your growth component and the bonds are going to be the protection side of things but you know honestly when this rule came about and when was very popular bonds were offering um a, a much more generous yield you know when we are still in historically a low interest rate environment, even though rates are rising, but these days bonds aren't paying what they used to. And so for us, um, this isn't really a good rule of thumb to rely on anymore. We have to look at, you know, better bond replacements. We have to look and say, you know, should somebody take less risk? Because for us, We don't want clients ever taking more risk than what they need to accomplish a goal. And so if we're able to meet all the retirement goals and not take on any extra risk, well, that's a win-win for us.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nice, and uh, that's a great thing to keep in perspective. Perhaps as we go through a few of these rules, when were they created? Could these things have been true at one time, but have maybe fallen out of favor as things in the financial world, as we know, often adjust and change? So that's a good breakdown of the Rule of 100. Anything else that we need to know about the Rule of 100, Carrie?
1: Nope. I think we, we, we touched on that.
0: All right. We're good. There- these are going to all sound these all these rules. By the way, have a number in them pretty much. So we'll try and uh, separate them out. I don't know. I, we almost put them in decreasing order. Maybe that would have been a smart thing to do. We'll think about that next time. So we go from 100 down to the next one being the 75 percent rule, or I've also seen it carry the 80 percent rule. E- either way, what are we talking about here?
1: Right. So yeah, 75 percent or 80 percent is you know just the assumption that when you retire, you're really only going to need about 75. 75- percent 80 percent of the income that you used to have when you were working which basically means you're going to live off less and in, in this case this is absolutely not true with what we are experiencing with our clients we are planning for a hundred percent of spending and income in retirement um, that they're, they're used to having during their working years if not more because a lot of our clients, they want to travel. They want to go see friends and family. Uh, Maybe they want to buy a vacation house. Um, And so, you know, that's an increasing expense. And so for me, out of all these ones that we're talking about today, I really feel like this one is dated.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great point. Um, If any of these has adjusted over time, that'll definitely be one of them. All right. So here's another one for you, Carrie, going through these rules of thumb here. What about the rule of 72?
1: This is another rule that's been around a long time. Um, and basically, it helps you understand how quickly your money could double. Um, it depends on the interest rate. And so what you do is you take the number 72, and you're going to divide that by The interest rate on your investment. So 6%, 7%, 10%. And that will give you the number of years it will take for your money to double. And so for us, I mean, this one is basically it's just it's math, Um, we can't really argue with it. Um, But it's just kind of a, a good little number to help us understand that the better, you know, interest rate or rate of return we're getting, the faster our money will grow.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. There's that. That's not a rule we can really disagree with, right? It's just That's just math. Yeah, <laughs> so it, that, just, it is. It that, is what it is. That, that one's a good rule of thumb, right? Because it's, it's truly a fact. All right, uh, here's another rule, the rule of five. What's the rule of five?
1: You know, honestly, Walter, I had to look this up because oh, okay. even with my experience, I had never heard of the rule of five, but it's, you know, on average, we experience a bear market every five years. But again... I mean, this is not one. I mean, we we don't have a crystal ball. Um, we can't plan for a bear market every five years. And for our clients, we're really telling them that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen next. And so it's really important to have a diversified portfolio that can weather, the ups and the downs of the market whenever they come. Uh, and so it's not that we're sitting there thinking it's every five years or every 10 years, but it's just about having um, the flexibility to, you know, take whatever comes our way.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Um, And the rule of five, I wonder how many years it actually is five years, like this one could be very, very misleading, because you could have one span go 20 years, and the other one go what just, you know, a year and then kind of start averaging out, you know, I guess that would be more like a 10 average, but you could have a couple of short one long, but the individual impact to somebody would be really different, depending on if you were in that 20 year or one of those one year. Bear markets. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: look at, look at, you know, 2008, 2009, um, and how long it took for us to recover from that compared to, you know, just even the market decline with with COVID in 2020. I mean, it was a drastic downturn, but it wasn't necessarily a a bear market because we bounced back up so quickly. And so, to me, those are two different events that happened.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And I thought the rule of five was that you're supposed to keep things simple and explain it to me like I'm five, but maybe that's not the case. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the other rule of five.
0: That's the other rule of five. That's right. All right. Well, let's just double it and go rule of 10. What's that one?
1: Yeah. So the rule of 10 is just to have 10 times your salary saved for retirement by age, you know, 67 or whatever that retirement age may be. And I I think this rule's okay. Um, If anything, I would say it may be on the low end, um, just for a couple of issues. You know, the first is we are living longer. So we need more money saved for retirement. The other issue is just, you know, to keep up with inflation and and taxes, we may need more than 10 times salary. And so for for me, I would say use this with caution and set set that as, you know, the bare minimum that you need to have put away.
0: These are great points across the board here, Carrie. Let me get another one in here before we wrap up this portion of the program. And again, kind of like the rule of 100, anyone in the retirement landscape has probably heard this one as well. Maybe it falls in that same category too, if it was true at one point in time. The 4% rule. Uh, I know you've got a good breakdown planned for us on this one.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So the 4% rule is the assumption that you can take out 4% of your portfolio each year without running out of money. And there is a lot of debate about this one. Um, And what really throws people off from this 4% rule is something called sequence of returns risk. I've seen charts where clients took out 4% every year, but when they retired, they had a couple of years of really down, you know, uh, bad portfolio performance, um, and they ran out of money, even with the 4% rule. But then we had. An identical client have a couple of good years of retirement early on, had market growth, and their 4% lasted forever. And so to me, you can't rely on this alone. And then there's also several studies out there that have shown that you know now it could be 3% or even 2.5% to make sure that that retiree doesn't run out of money.
0: That's a great point. And that is the one that is changing. I mean, are we, are we at the, uh, I guess, the point where that's just going to keep getting lowered down and down? I mean, maybe at some point that comes back up. Uh, I guess if that's hard to, hard to predict, right, where the true number is for that, that particular <laughs> rule.
1: It is. I mean, because, you know, while some studies are saying it's, you know, closer to 3% now, we also see others that say it could be as high as 5.4%. And that 5.4% number is actually it's based off something called dynamic income strategy um, and and a guardrails approach, which we use with some of our clients. And the way that we make 5.4% work, Walter, is... Basically, instead of taking the same amount of income each and every month, you know, and it's adjusted for inflation, we put guardrails on your income withdrawals. Okay. And so think about your guardrails and you're driving, you know, on the side of a mountain. You know, you've got a guardrail to keep you falling off the cliff. You've got a guardrail to keep you from bumping into the mountain. I mean, this is what this is doing to your retirement portfolio. Um, and basically, if your investment portfolio falls by 20%, we're going to reduce your income check by 10% until that portfolio is recovered. Um, Instead of keep taking more and more, we're gonna just kind of reduce your spending for a little bit and let it recover. And if we do that, that's where studies have shown that you can actually withdraw 5.4%. And so for us, I mean, going just off 4% alone um, is very generic. And so obviously we want to run a financial plan. We want to see, what type of, you know, different assets you own to help you determine what is a realistic withdrawal rate.
0: Great points across the board. And there you have it. Some of the popular rules of thumb in retirement planning and pretty much across the board, save for one or two. Uh, reasons why we can't just blindly follow those rules of thumb. So if you have questions about this, uh, if you've been following rules of thumb like this in your financial plan and, you know, you might be being led astray, you might be down the wrong path a little bit if you were banking on that 4% return for your portfolio or you thought you might only need 75% of your financial plan or your your finances and your income in retirement, uh, these things we're kind of debunking on the show today and it might bring up a red flag with your portfolio. If that's the case and you'd like to have a conversation with Carrie, you can get in touch by calling 870-275-4304 or go to QureshiLaw.com and schedule a time to meet by getting in touch with Carrie and get a review of your financial plan. Easy to get in touch. And you can also check the description of our show for more information and the proper contact info. Stay tuned to the end of the show today, by the way, because we have a uh, special alert to tell you about a new class, a new course that Carrie is offering, folks. We'll give you the details on that at the end of today's program. Well, there you have it, Retirement Rules of Thumb. Now it's time to get to know Carrie a little bit better. It's getting to know you time. Hey. Well, it's time to get to know Carrie a little better on the show today. And here is this month's question. Carrie, what was cool when you were young, but isn't cool now?
1: <laughs> the, the first thing that comes to mind is everything. It's, uh,
0: it's all gone out of style. No, nothing yeah. has lasted.
1: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of things were cool back then. Um, You know, I guess... I can think of two things. I can think of, um, I guess like the mix CDs, like where you'd go and like burn your own CD, you know, and have all your different songs and you download it off the internet. That was cool back then and definitely is not cool now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, um, I remember a lot of um, like windsuits or tracksuits in, in different colors that match top top and bottom. Do you remember those, Walter? Yeah, that,
0: that definitely is not there anymore, right?
1: No, no. I think people would laugh at me if I went out, and in that my, my kids definitely
0: <laughs> they'd be like mom has lost her mind what in the world yeah. yeah i think uh bowl cuts bowl cuts were pretty cool back in the day i don't know maybe some of you would argue bowl cuts were never cool but i had a i definitely had a bowl cut for a little while before getting a different hairstyle so definitely not cool anymore so yeah that would probably be mine that i would throw into the mix but it's too funny. Uh, the things we thought were cool when we were younger, we look back now, and you're like, wow, we wore that? We, we looked like that? We did that? <laughs> Not so much the case. But well, there you go. Getting to know Carrie a little bit better on the show today. Now we get to know one of our listeners with a listener question from Doris. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. So Doris in Sheridan says, I am very, very conservative investor and I have about 80% of my 401k in money market funds. Uh, I know that's probably not the best idea, but I'm just afraid of making the wrong choice at the wrong time if I take too much risk. So how badly am I hurting myself with this approach?
1: Yeah, I mean, Walter, this is a a common question because we we work with a lot of conservative investors. You know, a couple of questions I would want to ask Doris is, you know, first of all, are you getting ready to retire? Like, are you going to retire? within the next six months or a year. And, and the second is how much money do you have saved? Because if you have enough money saved um, and we are looking at protecting it more than growing it, well then maybe there there's an argument to be made for having it in the money market fund. Um, but obviously there there's no growth there. It's not going to be able to keep up with inflation and keep up with taxes and i think that that's where she understands that you know it's probably not the best idea and so for us i mean there are there are other alternatives out there for conservative investors that don't want to risk losing money but they still need some growth and so Probably what we would want to do is, is, is have a conversation and run a plan um, and walk through some of these other options um, because the money market um, is probably not the best route in, in this situation.
0: Well, thank you for the question, Doris. And again, you can submit questions uh, for consideration on a future show by going to QureshiLaw.com. And you can also call for a one-on-one conversation with Carrie and the team at 870-275-4304. Well, Carrie, I mentioned the uh, new course that you have available on QureshiLaw.com. Tell us a little bit about this and what people can expect to learn.
1: Yeah, Walter, we're so excited to be able to launch this course. It's called Don't Worry, Retire Happy, or we call it Retire Happy You for University. And so this is a course, um, it's actually played on PBS and over 80 million homes. Um, it's brought to us by Tom Hegna, which is a retirement expert, um, economist, best-selling author. Um, and really, you know, Tom walks you through the seven simple steps that's gonna help. Every American retire, you know, more successfully and and happier. And so, um, it's a go at your own pace kind of course. You can go and sign up. You can, you know, work through it, um, one at a time or, or go through it all at once. Um, but it's really meant to be educational. And help people, you know, understand the importance of having a plan for retirement and inflation, um, how to maximize social security benefits, um, how to look at if they need guaranteed lifetime income in retirement, how to plan uh, regarding long term care and even talking about how, to, how you can use your home equity wisely. And so if you're just getting started or you really wanna kind of learn more about retirement planning, this is a great place to start.
0: And again, if you wanna check out that course, all you have to do is go to the website, QureshiLaw.com, and you will see that, Don't Worry, Retire Happy, Seven Steps to Retirement Security. Take the course, get some great education along the way. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for all the help and guidance on the show today. Really enjoyed it, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next month.
1: Thank you, Walter.
0: All right, we appreciate it. That's Carrie Quraishi. I'm Walter Storholt. We will talk to you next time, right back here on Smart Simple Wealth. Did you know you can subscribe to the Smart Simple Wealth Podcast with your favorite app? It's on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and dozens of other places where you listen to podcasts. And if it's not on an app you'd like to use, let us know and we'll get it on there. To make sure you never miss an episode, just search Smart Simple Wealth on your favorite podcasting platform today and subscribe. Investment advisory services offered through Pegasus Wealth Coaching, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Legal services provided by Qureshi Law Firm, PLLC. The Qureshi Law Firm and Pegasus Wealth Coaching are not affiliated in any way. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and are not intended as investment or legal advice. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Consult your financial professional before making any investment decision. Information provided does not create an attorney-client relationship and cannot substitute for obtaining legal advice from an attorney admitted to practice law in your state.